Ivana, hi. How are you? Hi, Alash. I'm fine, thank you. And how are you? I'm great, thank you. So we we chatted before. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> yes. unfortunately, we didn't record because the conversation was quite interesting. <laughs> but authored up, this is not your first startup, but we will talk about it in our journey through this podcast. But can you tell us a bit about your journey so far before Outer Dub? Yes. First of all, thank you for having me <laughs> and for discussions Pleasure. on LinkedIn, I think, for for two years. <laughs> and yes, regarding myself, my I studied economic theory, microeconomic theory to be specific. And then I worked first like for a few years for Serbian Fiscal Council. And then I got into startups because <clears throat> I really wanted to develop something that people will love to use. And then I spent, I think, four to five years on different positions in startups as operating officer, product owner, or compliance officer even. Like I ended up at the end working on compliance for crypto exchange in Switzerland, <laughs> and I got that license for, for a crypto exchange. However, mm-hmm. I realized that you know, like I'm still not passionate enough and that I want to start something that's my own and where I will have 100% skin in the game. So I was too much too long in startups that were well, well funded, but I wanted really to risk and to see how it feels from a founder's perspective. To go on. Yes, exactly. And that's when we started our first start. So th- this was not out of that, this was... One startup yes. before. Yeah, okay. it was called Talent Kit. By the way, that's why the company is called Talent Kit that is charging for Outerdap. So mm-hmm. uh, it was basically a startup that helped start a project because it never got to the market. Like, I, I don't know how to call it, but we spent like a whole year developing it. We, when I say we, I mean my co founder, who is also co founder in Outerdap. We literally spent like hundreds of hours working on it and we made every single mistake that you can imagine <laughs> like everything that everyone out there you not to do like you need to talk to customers we didn't talk to customers you need to know what is your marketing or sales channel we had no clue you need to know who you are targeting we didn't know who whom we are targeting so <laughs> it was basically insane we developed like a huge product we optimized everything that you can imagine. And then we got to the LinkedIn because we couldn't find any kind of a user, like beta user, anyone that is going to mm-hmm. use it for free. And we were like, okay, so we need to start creating content on LinkedIn in order to get, you know, some awareness about the project that we've been working on for so long. So basically you did all the mistakes that probably each one of us did once we started first company. So we thought we had a great idea. We went to the market and then we failed. But the good <laughs> yes, thing is that we learned. Failed, failed. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We learned the good, a the good thing is yeah, that we learn a lot from mistakes. So probably you did too. When was actually, when the idea of out of the pop up to your mind? Well, when we started creating content on LinkedIn, Because that was, you know, like they told us, like, that is the platform where you should be. Like we were targeting recruiters, hiring managers, you know, like we were, you know, addressing candidate experience, etc. So it was the platform. 
And we tried to be honest. I tried like a bit of a sales activities or let's call it. So, but then I realized I don't like it and I don't know what I'm really doing and that I don't like that approach. So my co-founder and I decided to start creating, like writing posts on LinkedIn, but none of us is a professional copywriter, marketeer, or a salesperson. So we quickly realized that there are some tricks that you can use in order to improve your post. For example, if you optimize your hook, that's a good thing because then your post is optimized. If you add a bit of formatting, if you write having in mind the readability score, like how easy the post a reader can digest, like all of that matters. But we didn't know how to do it. So we were looking for tools like LinkedIn tools, content tools, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and search for like 10 days in order to get a tool that is going to help us. The issue was that at that moment, all tools were for marketing agencies, for people that know what they are doing, for people that need, for example, to schedule one content piece to 10 different social media platforms or to do something else on top of content creation. And we were not in that space. We just needed a very simple tool for people that are not professional copywriters, like for regular people, which is 99% of LinkedIn, and we couldn't find it. Okay. Today, you recently surpassed 30,000 users, right? Yes. Um, when did the Autolab journey started? Exactly. So- how many years ago? Yeah, so right now, I'm looking at the calendar. Yeah, it's two years ago. And uh, how it started is that because of the frustration that we had that we couldn't find like a tool for, you know, regular person, call it like that, we decided to build like our own internal in-house tool. And then just for ourselves, that wasn't like a startup idea. We were still working on a previous project. But then we provided that tool for free to our friends. Then we realized that people are using it, that we are using it. And that that was one important issue. And the issue was that because that tool was on a standalone platform, like it was a web application, even we were using it like 50% of the time. And 50% of the time, we would just open LinkedIn, click start a post, and then start typing there. And then we were like, ah, no, I don't want to copy that, you know, somewhere. And then I need to copy it back. And so we realized, okay, this needs to be an extension. And at that moment, because the previous startup wasn't providing any results, we had two options. One was to pivot the first one or to try to build something that is new. And that's when we started building out up. In two okay. months, two to three months, we developed like the first version. It was very simple, just two or three features, but it was too simple to charge for it. So we said, okay, because we have so much experience in not having anyone to provide feedback, the only thing that matters right now is to put this tool into hands of people that we don't know and to try to talk to them to understand where the real pain is and how we can solve it. And then we released, it was open. I think for a first month, we didn't even ask for email. Like you would just get the extension Mm -hmm. from Chrome and it would work. And then we started adding more features based only on feedback that we were getting from customers. So basically 
you did quite the opposite that many of the founders do when they launch a startup. You yes. didn't go to the market with the final product, but you developed some you developed some kind of basis just to test it and to gather feedback. Was that yes. the reason that you offered the tool for free? Just to get the yes. feedback to get better? Yes. So <clears throat> we realized that we need to approach how we feel. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, this is not an advice for, for anyone, but we feel that, yes, you can try to charge even before you don't have a line of a code. And we are okay with that. However, we really wanted to be enabled, to be in a position to contact with people that potentially can buy. And we also felt that most of the tools, especially new ones that are coming lack like functionalities or are not, you know, as good as we would expect. Mm -hmm. So we approach this as building a small business. Like when you are starting a restaurant, you are not expecting to get return on investment same day when you open a restaurant. So you first need to invest something to understand, you know, like to, you need to invest in menu, you know, you need to employ people. And then at some point you become better and better. And then, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's how the business is, is born. And that's how we approached Outered Up as like a very, very small, friendly, family type business where you first need to invest in order to get something back mm -hmm. so zero to thirty thousand users it happened yes. in two years which is quite the result congratulations because <laughs> thank you in two years to get thirty thousand users it's not it's not easy to gather did you get to that number just through linkedin or did you use any other marketing uh, strategies or tools Yeah, so basically we got to 30,000, like 29,500 or 900 something, almost 30,000 people that downloaded Chrome extension. Mm -hmm. And most of them, like about that amount is number of people that created an account without their app and that we had their emails, etc. But they are not everyone obviously decided to pay for it. How we marketed is basically we were very open, I believe, from the day one. Even right now we are very open with anyone and transparent. <clears throat> we said, okay, so we are going to give this for free. We are going to provide support. We are going to pretend like people are paying us in order to get something Deliver. done, get a job done. Yes. Yeah. And then we started talking to people and when there is an issue, we fix the issue. When, you know, they need a feature, like we developed like a roadmap where every person can vote for the feature, suggest, put comments, etc. And we are going through that ideas on a weekly or bi-weekly basis and trying to understand what we can develop, what is in line with our values, etc. So mm -hmm. We said, we are going to provide it for free. We are going to talk to creators. Like there are no limitations from our side. However, what we didn't have is any marketing budget. So we were basically paying like with our time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we were paying with, with our time and our energy and we were educating people, not only like personal profiles and content, but you know, like we would jump on a calls to teach people how to use, not outer that, but like, how to set up their, you know, like sales funnel on LinkedIn or, you know, like mm -hmm. what content types work or to provide some insights. So that's how we build trust in community. Okay. So once you 
start the charging. Did you notice any drop in users? Yeah, of course. So <clears throat> what what mattered more than number of 30,000 even go, you know, like the number is enormous and it's a huge asset even having these <laughs> emails, if nothing, but was weekly and daily active users. That's what we were tracking. And because if someone is creating content once per month, they don't need to pay for it. Like they are fine with LinkedIn native editor mm -hmm. and like anything else. But Other if you filters. are on LinkedIn, exactly. And you are, you know, like publishing between 10 and 20 posts per month. Okay. So you are a creator, you are investing, putting a, a ton of time, energy to that channel. So you're also ready to invest in tooling. And that's what matters to us. So we basically said, okay, so this is the weekly, this is number of weekly active users that publish at least one to three posts. We need to convert X percent of these people. So we, our KPI at that moment was let's convert 10% of weekly active users that publish at least one post per week. Mm -hmm. So now that you started charging, do you still get all the website visitors, all the users through native channels, just through organic posts? Or yes. did you came up with any other kind of strategy with paid media and so on? Yeah, so we are still growing based on word of mouth. Mm. We never paid any creator to write about OuterUp. We are not even giving like free licenses or something like that. Like there are you know, like five people maybe that have free OuterUp license. So <clears throat> we said that in our strategy, we cannot invest in paying creators to promote OuterUp. Like, because at the end, lifetime value is relatively low and we mm. want to develop a tool that is so good that people will love to use and will love to say to others to use it. You know, so that's why we, most of the funds, we are right now focusing on further development, on right now adding more free tools, etc. So that's, we want to build and to give something back to the community. We are providing that by doing the algorithm report, for example, which took a ton of resources or further building and improving outer app. But we never thought about directly paying for promote, someone to promote outer app or ads, Facebook, Google, whatever, or LinkedIn ads. And we believe that organic is still a very good channel for us. One thing that we are right now opening is affiliate that because we want to further capitalize on word of mouth and people that mm -hmm. are really into it, need, we believe that we need to share revenue with them. And yes. from tomorrow, we'll have that open, available on the website with a whole landing page, especially for affiliates. But again, <clears throat> our approach is always go one step further. So for affiliates, not only that we are providing, you know, like percentage of, of sale, we are also providing the materials. We, we are also creating special newsletter, monthly newsletter just for them to show them what we are working on, to explain what is happening, to provide insights mm -hmm. that they cannot find somewhere else. So our whole goal is 
to go one step further than any other startup would do. I'm asking this because most of the startups focus on one or two markets at most once they release the first version, second version, and so on. But seems like you didn't focus on one market, but you launched globally from the very yes. beginning. <laughs> yes, because we we were in a position that we can do it because it was free. So we didn't need to think. And then we realized that some markets, basically market was telling us or, you know, like weekly active customers were basically telling us where are they from, who they are, etc. So we realized, okay, this region is in, is super interested. This region works. This region doesn't work, etc. So that's how we were addressing. And then when we see, for example, that, you know, like, dark region like Germany, Austria, Switzerland is pretty important to us. We, for example, translate all hooks and endings into their language. Mm -hmm. And then when we saw that Dutch community is also relatively active, we then translate to Dutch. So that's how we are reacting on what is happening inside. Based on how users actually act. Um, exactly inside the platform before we started recording we talked about the difference between selling to end user which is what you do and selling to agencies which is quite difficult because they are well informed they are they are working on the competitive market and you cannot sell, sell them anything how would you say the approach is different with out of the now that you're selling to end customers and if you would be selling to agency users? Yeah, so we, at some point when we started to charge, we got a lot of inquiries from agencies. And for quite some time, we were thinking about, okay, so we are going to develop Outer Up for agencies as well. So, and that took like three to four months. We talked to to, to some of them, but also, but then we realized that we don't really understand their pains and that they really need a different type of product. And if we would do it for them, we would do everything differently. <laughs> so, you know, for Completely example, they don't, need, exactly, they don't need an extension. They need that. They need, you know, to schedule. We would do different types of, of features for them. So we realized that, like, even though it seems that it is very similar, I believe that, you know, it's, they are, totally two different products when you have an agency the whole team that is creating for one or multiple people and mm. company page managing etc so what we however decided and this is interesting market but it is very niche that we are going to corporate influencers or employee advocacy teams and right now in 2024 and even in previous year we see so many companies that are putting LinkedIn as one of the main channels that they want to invest in. And we also are getting a lot of sales inquiries from companies, smaller or bigger, that want, for example, 10, 20 licenses for their people that are already creating or thinking to create content. And they need, for example, team analytics, they need collaboration on a draft, but at the end, the person who, whose profile is, is the person that is posting, scheduling, and mm. making the final edits. So we are right now also building, we already have a group of features, and we are expanding more into that 
into that direction as well. On the well, I checked the website. You have the the options there that everybody can actually request some kind of feature adaptation and so on, which is perfect for us who are using it on a daily basis. How do you actually finance all that stuff? Do you have investor or do you bootstrap it? Yeah, we bootstrapped. So okay. we our vision for Outerdub is that we have we want to solve a very simple problem for a specific customer. So for people that are regular LinkedIn creators, so not professional copywriters that want to share their voice on LinkedIn to create content that is impactful. That's the first part. The second part is that they care about their account. They don't want to do any kind of automation. And that's the second part. And then we said, okay, we want for this type of customer to provide the best tool to create content and share their voice. And then when you go to investors, we had, you know, like many, many, many inquiries, but they want you, you know, to get like 100x, you know, you know, we, even if you jump on a call with them, but I have previous experience with, with investors, but they are like, how are you going to become a unicorn? You know, they ask you something like that. And we're like, we will never become a unicorn because, you know, we just want to serve these type of customers the best tool that they can use. Not everyone needs to become a unicorn, you know, like, or a platform, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that. That's why, you know, when I talk about other app, I usually use a word tool. And then they tell me like, you know, like, but you know, tool, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't sound that great, but like, it is a tool <laughs> and we are fine with that. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how, and then we, we realized that there is no reason to get any additional funding that, because we never wanted to, you know, like to grow to insane amounts. And also mm. we were also not thinking about, you know, selling, you know, trying to extract the value immediately. We would never spend 13 months in free beta if we were thinking only about, you know, like immediate return on investment. Like I mm. love doing this and I don't plan to stop. And you have, you still have complete control over the company, how the product evolves and so on. And you recently launched a new website. Congrats. Yes. Um, Thank you. Did you notice any increase in subscribers, in website visitors and so on? Yeah. Well, I believe so. <laughs> the it's interesting because in the same time like one day after the new website was released, we also had a huge release of the report on LinkedIn insights. Mm -hmm. So, that was based on a lot of data science and trying to extract the value from data in order to provide insights to the whole community. So we got a lot of people to our website because we were mentioned, you know, like, I don't know, like hundreds of times. But I think that right now, first of all, website is much more professional. We can track our fan funnel much better than we did before. And you already see elements that we need to improve. So even seven days after the website was released, we were like, okay, so we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do that. So right now we are also getting more data and this is just the beginning. So even though, yes, it was a huge part because 
We also have these free tools. We have our roadmap, etc. Everything was packed in one website right now. Those are a few became a few applications. But this is just the beginning because we need to work on product pages, on alternative mm-hmm. pages, on building more free tools for, for community. And all of that is coming in the next few months. This was my next question, question, actually. How often do you change the website look, the product pages, the landing pages, and test them through different uh, communities? We, that's a good question. Not enough. <laughs> you know, like we should do it. <laughs> we should, we should do it, you know, more like at often. least, I, yes, more often, like weekly or biweekly. We, didn't have time or maybe that was not our priority you know whenever someone says says i don't have time probably that doesn't it means like it's not my first priority so you know like while we while while we were in free beta we were like we don't care about website we just care about you know like jumping on a call and talking to people in dms and that worked then when we decided to start charging as you know, like you need to integrate like the the Stripe, you need to set up the accounting, the legal, everything. So you spend like a month two just to make it happen. Then we had early adopter program because all people that were in beta got a discounted prices if they purchased in first month after the release happened. Including so, me. Including <laughs> you, yes. <laughs> so so then we were working on that. You know, like, and then you have always have something that is more, you know, important. And then we had the pleasure to find that that's the only thing I think that we outsourced is building the website and design, etc. because we don't have, again, the designer in-house and we need a team that can deliver. So we partner with the, the agency. They're really good. At, they are called Omnius, by the way, if, if someone mm-hmm. is looking for the agency. I'm not like, not, not a promotion, not a paid promotion, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we pay them. Like they didn't pay us, but they are great in, uh, in, in understanding SaaS. So basically we, we then worked on website like for, I would say, too long. Not from their side, but also from, from our side. It took much more time than we expect. That's always the case. Unfortunately. <laughs> every website I had a part in, we took too many, it took us too many, too much time to, to yeah. get it done. <laughs> and the, the issue with that is that, you know, like for, because we are always, you know, tra- trying to run to ship something for our existing customers, because we always prioritize people that are already paying us than the new ones. I'm sorry, you know, but, you know, we, we really believe that that relationship is more important mm-hmm. than, you know, like with someone who doesn't even know who you are. About so, retention. Exactly. Exactly. And we, <laughs> I saw it too many times, you know, that I become a customer of Assess and it works okay for a few months. And then you see that they are starting to invest into, you know, like, a bigger new funnel, customers. yes, <laughs> new customers. They are going up market, and I'm like, oh, I'm just an individual. Hi, and, and then you're they, just you know, like, a number. Exactly, they two x the price, and you know, like they put yeah. like five tiers, and you're like, what? What should they do? So that's that's why we always, you know, like trying to have okay features or elements that we are working for ourselves, as we call it. For example, website, we call it something that is for ourselves. And we have stuff that are for customers, something that a person is potentially willing to pay more 
or is going to extract more value from our third app as it is. So, and then right now we are in the phase we, where we are just building for customers. Mm-hmm. How big is your team right now at the moment? So we have me and my co-founder, obviously. He's a full-stack developer, 15 mm-hmm. to 20 years of experience. He's going to kill me because I'm talking about years here, but, you know, like super senior, I would call him an architect. I don't know what is the, the, the proper name. And we have customer success person from the days when we started to charge and we could afford someone who is great at it. Then we also have the additional software developer. We have a machine learning engineer that is, again, helping us with some features and some machine learning elements, big data, etc. And we have yeah, that that's the core team. Then we have agencies here and there that are ha- that are helping us. For example, the agency that they mentioned that is helping us with the website Absolutely. and with SEO, etc. Yeah. So when it comes to customer success, once I download Chrome, install Chrome extension, become a paid user, what's the actual onboarding process with you? Do I get any kind of support? Do I get tutorials, training, and so on? Yeah, so right now, and we just improve it a bit. Uh, So Mm -hmm. we developed, like, obviously an email sequence with Mm -hmm. three emails, three videos. Every video is between one and two minutes, uh, very specific, where basically if you just watch these three videos, you will be able to understand 60% of features and to, you know, get the value immediately. Mm-hmm. That's what what the first goal without and that's up. your goal probably exactly to adapt so, it as soon as possible exactly and that's why we we really carry you know like when people start to use editor especially when they see preview you know like when they start to feel empowered because outer app is not only about solving like a specific problem but also it's about how people feel when they are creating content or after they created posted like how do they feel about data like what can they do you know like mm. are they able to find their previous posts or not to repurpose etc so we are doing that we right now also improved because we have uh, extension and the platform we improved the onboarding that is helping you to move to the next stages because obviously it's not that you can go to the website sign in and then do nothing you also need to go to chrome store you need to download the extension and then you need to go to linkedin and then outward up will pop up you need to log in there so the process is not that simple and we try to optimize that as well in the past two three weeks but we also right now work on that's feature for us right we are working on onboarding like in-app onboarding that's what we want to to develop, but that will take time. Of course. And before we started recording, you mentioned that you're working on some kind of free tools inside Outerdap as separate tools. Can you yes. tell us more about that? Yes. So because Outerdap was, uh, we believe, was successful because it was free. Like mm-hmm. it, we build a brand awareness and. If it wasn't free, I'm pretty sure I won't sit here today. So we realized that 
we should ship more. About a few months, like maybe six months ago, I forgot, our advisor told us that we should write, create one, one simple tool that is called, we call it text staircase. Mm-hmm. And then we spent like a day or two uh, making it happen. We put it on a website and people are still using it and mentioning it, you know, like, and we thought like it was a test, you know, we were, we, we didn't even know if that is going to be a viable idea, like six months from the moment it was shipped. And then we realized that it is a good strategy to keep having awareness, to keep providing value because from the beginning of our conversation, we really believe that you need to give in order to get something. It is much better if you help people to solve problem for free rather than pay Google ads to get someone on a website. And we are right now working on three tools, but additional three tools, probably in the next month, we are going to ship all of them. And then we are going to the next batch, probably four to five new tools. So if you have any idea what is important on LinkedIn that can be relatively easily solved, but you are doing it manually, let me know because I'm happy to hear it and maybe we can happen. We can make it happen. Send Ivana the message on LinkedIn if you have any ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do you think Outlook would be so successful if it wasn't for the Chrome extension, if it would be a standalone app? Yeah, I, I think it won't be because... Our typical user is spending time on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and they are not spending time somewhere else. And you need to be where they are. And also, AuthorDAP is a pretty complex tool and extension because it is not doing automation and basically it works similar to Grammarly. You so, need to put the effort in first to get something. Exactly. <laughs> yes. In the end, and you need to, to do it like that. And that's why we believe that, you know, it, when you see right now, even though we have most of the features available on the platform, mm. for teams, even more features, platforms, because they can see, like a manager of the team can see a whole analytics per person or total and can create content for other people. We still see that 90% of our customers are primarily using the extension. So I believe that's because it, it is it is the place they want to be like on LinkedIn, they open exactly. easily out up, put an idea, save it as draft, and then move on. Exactly. That's why we all love it, including me. <laughs> Thank you. But for example, if I would found a stats, some kind of software as a service today, similar to Autodap or not, what would be your ultimate advice on how to approach the market? <sighs> First of all, do not expect, like, it's not an advice, but it is, you know, like a hot take. Like, do not expect return investment to happen in the first few months. Prepare that you will need to work a lot to talk to customers and to maybe to pivot. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, because of the hustle culture <laughs> and, you know, like all of these advices, like build every week, build one tool and then, you know, like, on week, you know, 37, like one tool will, you know, skyrocket. I don't think that is the approach. I believe that you need to pick the market, like to pick the type of a customer. For example, we obviously like to work with end users, even with teams. Mm -hmm. They are still end users. 
So to pick type of, uh, and then to understand what is your goal, what is their goal, and to try to communicate with them to get them on board as soon as possible. So if you have that, and if you have a scope of these people that in, in your, you know, like on your phone, like that you can contact easily, then you have a very good starting point. Like do not start anything without fully understanding the, the person that is going to use it, you know, like the problem. Th that That is the only thing that matters. You know, like don't build one more tool because you saw, you know, many, many startups are like, oh, I would like to have a customer support, like AI for, you know, like chat for with AI that I'm going to plug mm -hmm. into my website. And right now I'm going to do a customer support there and I don't want to pay hundred bucks. So I'm going to build something and to charge 50 you know, understand what pain you're really solving. And, you know, is it only about the price? You know, like what is something that you're going to, it, it is going to di differentiate you. And even if it is small, like you need to have a differentiator when you sit with, with your customers. Exactly. I would also add to not spend too much money, effort and time before getting to the market to see if you actually have the product market fit um, <laughs> because too many startups put too much money into the developments and once they got go to the market they see that they don't actually have product fit so they fail and yeah. probably that's the the right way to do it to not yeah. to go to the markets as soon as possible even if it's not fully developed yeah. And even if it's free, I'm not saying that's a good strategy. It worked for us. You know, like I know that in most cases this, that mm -hmm. doesn't work. But yeah, go to the market with some, obviously some startups cannot, you know, like health tech cannot just go to the market. You know, they need to spend Four. seven years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not an option. Yeah. Of course, but in your case, I think that people saw the value of the tool, so they are prepared to pay for it now. If you would charge at the very beginning, probably you wouldn't have so big database of users. Yes. And, you know, it's also about how people anticipate you. It's about brand. Mm -hmm. It's about positioning. It's about learning about the pains and, you know, understanding really, you know, the market. We are still learning. Like, it's not that we stop. Like, every day there is something new that, you know, we are like, oh, my God, like, th th this is, you know, if only we knew this before. We also, you know, we, we sit, we look at Lauter up and like, uh, if we knew that it will look like this, we would do this differently. <laughs> so it's not that you, you know, like you find like the perfect structure, but, you know, during the time uh, you just need to have open eyes and to ask. Yeah. One, one hack that helped me a lot is that I always, whenever someone says, send me a message or, you know, like tells me like, I really love Outer up or I started to use Outer up, I'm on free trial or I was in beta, whatever. I'm like, okay, but tell me what is not working, what you don't like. Tell me, like, be super honest. Like, what, mm. you know, like, what's something that we can improve? Like, what was something that you said, oh, if only this worked like this, or, you know, like, or I didn't know what to do at that stage. Tell me that. Like, even if you tell me, like, it, it sucks, <laughs> you know, I need to know it. And we have this form whenever someone uninstalls the extension we ask them like why obviously it's anonymous and we mm -hmm. collect like 
all the data. We have more than 1,000 results right now. And we always, you know, go through that. It's like a Bible, you know, you need to go through it and to understand like what were the pains, what were the frustrations, what they didn't understand and what we can better in, do better in onboarding or do better during the process to help them really solve their problems. Great. To sum up this conversation, Ivana, what's on the roadmap? for the next couple of months for Autodlab. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Ayash, for that. So first of all, we are going to release multiple features. I would say five, ten different. Some are going to be very, you know, simple, but mm-hmm. will, you know, uh, like how LinkedIn should work, but they don't work like that. For example, when you create a post on LinkedIn and put a link, like you have this preview card, and then when you click X, it is removed. However, if you type one letter, that link preview card that looks like an image is back. <laughs> so we are like, we need <laughs> to solve this. <laughs> you know, like I'm going to write it. Like when someone clicks X, it's X. You know, that's mm-hmm. X for that link. So that kind of small tweaks that we are all the time. But like we are working on saved posts feature because a I lot of inspiration, that. yes, is coming from, from the feed. And for example, I like this post or you are going to promote, you know, like this podcast. So I will save that and then I can repurpose it in the future. So from other creators, then we are also working on personal dashboard where you'll be able to see uh, to track your followers connections, like to see these numbers where you are to compare that uh, best time to post. That is the first machine learning algorithm that we built that is going to suggest the best time to post for you. and Based on your activity or based on all activity on on LinkedIn? It's on your activity, but it's also on your cluster because we have people that, for example, don't have enough uh, activity, but we basically, every customer is put into a different cluster based on, for Mm -hmm. example, your number of followers. It's not the same if you have 2,000 or 20,000. It's not the same if you are in US or you are in Slovenia. It's not the same if you are writing about, you know, marketing and someone is writing about, you know, like big tech. So we are basically clustering a profile. So there is a specific way how we calculate based on all your posts and then based on your cluster. And then we will suggest two or three times per day. Because usually there is not one, but like two or three uh, times that you can at least test (laughs) because there are people that learn that, you know, you should post at 8 a.m. And they always post at 8 a.m. because, you know, someone some said that in some blog. So we don't believe that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We believe that you need to do personalization. So more personalization is coming to alter that based on your data. Ivana, thank you so much. I'm really excited what's about to come for Out of Dove. I will continue to use it. I spoke to Yasmin Alic, I think a week ago. He said he canceled all other tools. I did too, so I only use Out of Dove because it's everything I ever needed. Before that, I had like two, three tools for analytics, for uh, post ideas, and for other stuff. And now I can only use Autodub because it's basically, like you said, integrated into the LinkedIn platform. I can use it whenever I'm on LinkedIn. It, it, it makes L- LinkedIn life so much easier. So I'm eager to see what's 
coming next. Thank you so much, Ayash, for for having me for this conversation. Pleasure. Obviously, for promoting Outer Up <laughs> like this and for sharing your experience, you know, and tell me, like, maybe not on this podcast, but in DMs, like, what you don't like <laughs> so we can improve it. Sure. Uh, thank you, Ivana, once again. Take care and see you soon. See you soon. Bye-bye.